0: You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. You got your Bibles? Turn with me a pro, uh, Psalm 37. In my Bible, Psalm 37, the entire uh, um, psalm is, is highlighted. Absolutely meat, man. Pure meat. But I just want to highlight something before we give you guys an opportunity to give this morning. How many people are grateful that you know the Lord? You know, in all of our years of pastoring, we've endured a lot of different things, crazy stuff. I've I've, I've come to realize that I believe that that will increase for the body of Christ. We will just be all sorts of things thrown at us. Like just now someone commented saying, oh, because we're going to Chattanooga, do we need to bring our own snakes or do you provide them? I mean, people just come up (laughs) with stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I commented, bro, if you bring your own snakes, you ain't coming in. You weird. You crazy, bro. <laughs> but what, what the world has gotten really good at is labeling. Because if they can label something, they can write that thing off. Because there's always an error of someone that is a part of something. You know, Kenneth Hagin. He's uh, been attacked a lot through, you know, throughout the years for different name it, claim it, stuff like that. Obviously, it's the word of faith, the declaration from your mouth is scripturally powerful and life-changing. Right. But he wrote a book called The Midas Touch at the End of His Life, actually highlighting some of the errors in his own camp, saying some of the people really, they took it wrong. Do you know that there will always be people that will manipulate the word of God for their personal advancement? That will always exist. Jesus said the tares will grow among the wheat, and that will be so until he comes and takes us home. So if ever you've seen something or if you've ever heard something and you knew, man, this is something's wrong. Hey, you can't write off the word of God because of some moron. Paul wrote saying in prison that there are some people preaching Christ out of selfish ambition. Some preaching Christ to cost me harm. He said, nevertheless, I rejoice because at least Christ is preached. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's why I highlighted a couple of weeks back. Always let your giving be unto the Lord. You're not giving to man. Amen. Amen. You give to the Lord and you can trust God is good. And if they are skabangas in the body of Christ, as there are, yeah. it doesn't affect your covenant with God. Right. Are you with me this morning? And if they're going to do that, guess what? They will stand before the Lord one day and they will give an account for what they've done. But throughout the years here, when we came here, we were in financial duress. And I'm not going to highlight the crowd today, but in seven and a half years of pastoring, we've watched other couples in the church go through extreme financial duress. Where it was like we're sending food to them, getting Publix cards, filling up their tank with gasoline, covering rent payments. We've had to do this and we will always do this because we are Christians. Amen. And I believe that's what we are here for. Amen. As a, f- a family. Amen. Now the goal is not to live there. Would you agree with that? Yes. Are you with me this morning? Absolutely. And, and we have seen with our eyes people that though they were in that circumstance, didn't stay in that circumstance. That sure enough, the word of God worked. As it always does, if it's applied, and they and I've watched the Lord increase people that uh, at one time were in, in massive duress, and I've watched them turn around and be so blessed that they, with sheer delight, drop off a gift to the church to say, "Look what the Lord has done," Amen. <laughs> a new we believes that that's good. That's a good thing, you know. The Bible talks about Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman who can find such a woman. She's a woman that does good always. She's a woman that builds. She's a woman that weaves. She's a woman that buys a field and makes a profit. So the Bible says concerning even a virtuous woman, it's someone that increases the blessing upon their household. Amen. Amen. And so I felt to share that this morning. But when when we first came here, we were under such financial duress as a church, I'd never wanted... To tea I never wanted to talk about giving. Because I felt so under the gun. I was like, I'm not even going to mention anything because I feel like I would be myself tainting the word of God because I'm really putting pressure on people and there is no pressure in the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 Yeah. Who believes that? There's no pressure. I mean it's voluntary. I can I can go preach the gospel or I can go not preach the gospel. There are blessings attached to preaching the gospel. There are Rewards attached to doing what God tells me to do. But His love for me doesn't waver just because I'm outperforming other people. Are you with, does that make sense? Yeah. But Psalm 37, it's a powerful, powerful psalm. But ultimately, beginning verse 21, it says, The wicked borrow and they never repay. Anybody in here ever had somebody do that? Yep. But the godly are generous givers. Shout, generous givers. Yeah. If you're godly, you're a generous giver. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their their lives. And though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord's hand holds them by the hand. Uh, For the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old. But I have never seen the godly forsaken or their children begging for bread. Come on, somebody. Verse 26, the godly always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. That is the blessing of God. It is real. It is evident, and it is available to every person. Those educated, those not educated. Those that come from uh, third world nations and those that are born in the luxury of America. There is no separation in the kingdom of God, if you believe it go after it. Now listen, will we all wind up multi-millionaires? No, because we don't all start at the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you with me this morning? Some people are born far out there, but if they apply the word of God, they will increase. It is a kingdom of more, yeah. but you could have been born with nothing, but God, I've watched God take homeless people From underneath bridges that we led to the Lord and turned around, blossomed their life, turned it around from addictions and drugs into blessing and favor. I've seen some of them walk into the realm of full-time ministry, pastoring churches, once homeless under a bridge. That's the Word of God. So the question is, do you believe it? If you believe it, shout "It's it's true. God is good. He's good. That's it. I don't have to get any other revelation than he is good and all the time he is good. And God will give good things to me if I just keep my eyes on the Lord and rejoice in that. I guess uh, uh, I can tell you right now, whatever tomorrow holds for me in my household, it will be good. Amen. It will be great. And there's a promise from God in Scripture. Man, even if you're, you're old now or you're young right now, you can watch this if you make this a principle in your life, that even your children's children will walk in the blessing of God. Amen. Because it is not just physical or financial prosperity in the kingdom of God. It's literally wisdom. It's life. It's righteousness. It's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you know what that means to think of your ch- grandchildren, to be, see them serving the Lord? Think about that. Man, Well, that is the promise of God and that's what we believe for here. Father, I give you all of my tomorrows and all of my days and I'm trusting that you will watch over my household. You will bless the work of my hand, but you will bless my children and my children's children too. May they know you. May they know your goodness. May they be, may they be at soft hearts to your voice, God. May the blessing of God be upon our household in Jesus' name. Because the goodness of God leads men to repentance, come on, somebody. Couple that with Proverbs, where it says, "Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it." Father, I thank you. We call in prodigal sons and daughters in this place; those either that have faithfully served the Lord all your life. And the enemy and the world has done their best. You, you worked in hard to send them to college, and that liberal agenda drew them right into the world. Father, I break the spirit of this world off of their minds. We call them into the kingdom. We are in a war, church, but we are on the winning side. The spirit of this world is grasping for what they can grasp. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit of God is moving around the earth right now. Lord, we declare a harvest of souls coming in. We declare favor upon the church and the areas of influence, nations to be unlocked right now. We thank you, Father, for the blessing of God upon our households. We declare we shall not lack. We will not lack according to your word, but we will have more than enough, for you will richly supply all of our need according to your storehouses in heaven, God. And if you believe that, shout amen this morning. Go ahead and put the text to give slide up on the screen. Follow whatever the Lord lays on your heart to do this morning. I felt to encourage you with that right now. Just seeing more and more of just how good the devil has done to convince a generation that God's not good. And it's a lie. God is good. And all the time, he's good. Amen. Amen. And I can expect that every time I draw near to Him, there is goodness involved in drawing near to God. Every time I obey Him, there is a blessing attached to it. That's the truth of God's Word. That is not a sermon that was developed in America. That is the reality of God's kingdom. It's a kingdom without end. It will not falter. It will not fail. And that is the kingdom that you're a part of. Amen? And that kingdom allows your football team. (laughs) Did you guys see my video? When I was like, Lord, anoint that leg. (laughs) And then he kicked it. (laughs) That was crazy. Anyways, sorry, I'm still on cloud nine here. Isn't it weird how sports actually makes you feel like you did something? Like, I did nothing I didn't I've not ran a single quarter mile with those guys. I've done nothing, but I feel like a winner today I dominated yesterday. man, you should have seen me on my couch dominating. I was calling the plays, man. If I wasn't there interceding for them they'd have lost You ready to give this morning a shout? Hallelujah. All right, Father, thank you for the honor and the privilege to give to your kingdom. You are a blessing in our life all the time. Thank you, Father, for the rewards of heaven. Thank you, Lord, for watching over my children and my children's children to come. Thank you, Lord, that I can trust you with all of my days, that today is the only day I have to be concerned about because tomorrow you have already went ahead and prepared that day for me. I will walk in the favor of God. You will direct my steps every day. That is protection. That is healing. That is grace. That is wisdom. That is influence, access, and multiplication. You will lead me into good things, and I believe it. I receive it by faith, and with great joy and delight I give to your kingdom today, saying, Lord, be honored, be glorified. Let it be worship unto you what I give you today, for you have given all good things to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Ushers, go ahead and pass the buckets. I suppose we don't have a special this morning. I'm going to go off script today. I actually prepared a great message. It was really funny, especially point number seven was just going to be like awesome. But you know point seven, don't you? I sent it to Pastor Joe. He was like, okay, you do it first, okay? But, um, <laughs> I'm going to go off script today, and I'm going to talk a little bit just about the continued, what we've been on, just the favor of God, the blessing of God. I want to talk about God's blessing. Is there a blessing attached to knowing and serving God? And you know, one of the first, the original sin of men in the garden was when Satan convinced Eve that God was was withholding something good from them. And because she believed that lie, she ate the fruit that God told her not to eat, which really God was doing what He always does, protecting you. Come on, anything anybody has ever had where the Holy Spirit kind of nudged you not to go for it, and it looks golden, it looks great, but God's like, no, I'm not in it. Trust that. Amen. Amen? Throughout my life, I've had opportunities. If it was literally just about a paycheck... Then through many times in my life, I would have gone a different path, but I followed the voice of God and took what seemed like a sacrifice um, to go after God. And every single time, it worked out best for my life because God knows well in advance what's happening. Amen. Years ago, I'll tell some of it today just so people can kind of get a grasp of it, but you've got to trust then that whatever God wrote for your life is the life you want want. If you really dive into it, I just, and not to open up Pandora's box of things to think about, but like even the lottery, okay, why don't we all just win the lottery? Why aren't, why can't we all pray and be multimillionaires and we just dominate in life because you don't understand God's grace sometimes. Yes, things could literally destroy you if you're not prepared for that thing. And so you don't even understand, you have to trust God's goodness that even when it, if it seems like something you desire is withheld from you, trust God's goodness that you're just preparing yourself for the right time and it will be given to you from the Lord when you are ready for that thing to come in your life. Rather just trust, God, I'm not going to spend my days, what I'm trying to say is you don't spend your life trying to find the blessing of God. You don't spend your life pursuing those things that the American dream tells you to pursue. That is the spirit of the world that causes a person to be driven to these things. The kingdom of God is where I pursue Him, His righteousness, His character, His presence in my life. And I allow that to transform me. And the word says that His blessings then overtake me. Which means they they are the ones looking for me. Come on, somebody. God's blessing looks for those whose hearts are found strong and pure. You can trust that about God. That when it's time for you to have an advancement, God will give you that advancement. But what you've got to realize and what the enemy has done has been so deceptive to continue to deceive people about God's goodness. You can't even talk the word blessing without people saying you're just after money. There's no talk of money. Or any money for you to give anybody. You can't buy the blessing of God. So you can take all of your money and you can just roll it up and smoke it, bro. Because you're not going to buy God. He is not for sale. My God is not a prostitute. And I know it's a strong word, but quit treating him that way. That is not. And then people label the church that way. That is not what happens. God's blessing is a reality upon a person's life that decides to make his kingdom your kingdom. And I've been diving through the last couple weeks beginning in the outpouring. The reality of the covenant that you have with God right now is that I get to decide because of his grace, because of the shed blood of Jesus, that I want him in my life. Come on, somebody. You get to make that decision. Do you want to know him and the wonders of his presence and who he is? And if you want to, you will draw near to him. And as you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And things will change in your life consistently for the better. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I mean, just by show and who can say, man, drawing near the Lord. He broke off addictions off of your life. I mean, look at the room here. People, the world will tell tell you to take another prescription pill. But we are not people that need another pill. We are people that have the glory of God and the pills can get the hell out in Jesus' name. Come on, take them away from me. I don't need it because I have something greater on the inside of me. And someone says, well, what if you only live 40 years and where's the blessing of God attached to that? Then once again, I mean not to open Pandora's box, but this life is but a vapor. The goal is not to live 120 years on planet earth and have my name on a high rise in Orlando to say, look at the ring building. My goal is to hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. Amen. To walk on streets of gold. To be in the presence of the saints and the angels crying out, holy, holy, holy. My goal is to just get there. And so I'm going to get there. Why am I going to get there? Because I've got my mind made up. Come on. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided I will give him all of my days, all of my tomorrows. I've decided when he tells me to go and do something, even though it's uncomfortable, scary, terrifying, and I am definitely not qualified for it, I'm still going to do it. I'm just going to do it pleading on the inside. Are you with me this morning? And when that making that hard adjustment towards God opens up the windows of heaven upon your life, there is a blessing attached to knowing the Lord. I spoke about the virtuous woman today. Proverbs 31 speaks about it. And I just want to highlight that once more when you think about the Bible says if you could find a virtuous woman, you found a good thing, that this virtuous woman is a woman that is not lazy. She gets up and she toils. The Bible says she rises before the sun. She stays even in the evening time with the lamp on. There's no fear in her household of the winter because they will be well supplied. Says that her husband will be known all the way to the gates of the city. So she enables and empowers and speaks into her husband's life. Says she's a blessing. So, why would God say it's a good thing to find this woman that builds, multiplies, stewards, and it even says in the New Living that she does good to her husband and not harm? says that he can trust her, and because he can trust her, he is known at the city gates. In other words, because she's not a loose woman running around discrediting his household and bringing reproach upon his name, he can boldly go into the community because he has the backing of a woman that is chaste and good. So she does good and not harm. Well, why would God say it's a good thing to find this woman, but he himself not deliver the same package? Why would people think, yes, yeah, it's good to find that woman. We're supposed to do all of that, but you can't trust that God Himself will be faithful to watch over your household, will be faithful to provide for the wintertime, will be faithful to supply every single need according to His riches and glory. Yes, God will do it. Amen. Because He's good, and all the time He is good. You can trust that. You can bank your life on the fact that God's goodness is scriptural from Genesis to Revelation. It's all throughout the Bible. So what is favor? Favor is the eyes of the Lord upon your life because by your own free will, you've chosen to trust Him, to believe Him, to come before Him, and because of that, something happens in your life. That's favor doesn't mean that I beat every other believer in in the church because the favor upon my life is greater. You can be favored and be thrown in a pit. You can be favored and be hated by your brothers. You can be favored and have all sorts of problems come along. You can be favored and have these issues arise. It's not that everything is always immediately good. It's that in every circumstance you can trust if you continue to follow God, it does turn for good in Jesus' name. Are you with me right now? So a person that got taken out at 40, they left this earth. And understand this too. Why do bad things happen? That's such a highlight of people. If God is good, God's all-powerful, then why do bad things happen? Bad things happen because we live in a fallen world. Amen. I mean, you could be a righteous God-fearing family of four going to the movies and some idiot teenager drunk high on something plows into you and it could take all four of you out. But in the eyes of God, was that a defeat? Or is the whole family now on streets of gold? Do you get to heaven and say, man, we really, really wanted more time on planet Earth. <laughs> if we could have just went to work One more day. Right? If I could have just paid taxes one more time. Why did you take me into the paradise realm and streets of gold and glory unspeakable in a mansion set? Why, God? Because I had it on good faith that they were going to make another Fast and Furious movie. And if I could have just seen a 13th one, I felt like finally I could have drifted myself like a pro. I mean, you look at the world. It just literally does the same thing over and over again. It's like stale bread, and that's like glory, unspeakable, fullness of, uh, I mean, it's just undeniable. That's where you're going. So, hey, if you live 120 years, good good job, bro. But as for me and my household, our goal is not to live 120 years. Our goal is to be joyful as long as we've got on earth and to do something to advance his kingdom. And if you're with me, shout him in. And that brings me to my point today of where the Lord directed me in worship. It's that desire that has been with me from the time I got saved that I cannot shake. It's the desire of the more. And I know that this church is basically built with an army of people that that's how you're wired to. It's like, Lord, I, I just desire to see more of your goodness in this earth. I desire more people to know you like I know you. When I was just a 19-year-old drug addict and I met God the first time, it so shook my world, I went to every party in Tennessee and I would stand by the keg and I would start preaching to people and I never had a, I didn't know how to preach. I didn't have a homiletics teacher. It was probably brutal and I was two sheets to the wind anyways. And they actually nicknamed me the Rev before I ever went to Bible school. People at parties were calling, that's the, that's the rev right there. And I would get up, you don't know. He loves you. He's beautiful. His eyes. You got to see his eyes, man. You know, and I'd have a few people, you know, sympathy crying. Once one person cries, then everybody with that heart is like, I want to see his eyes. You want to see him and I don't know how to lead him to him, you know what I'm saying? You want to see him, you, you want to I don't know what to do now. <laughs> have no way to build the kingdom cuz you have you, you have the desire. Because he was he it, encountering God wrecked me. It just wrecked me. I didn't come from a broken home, but it was like I came from just the worldly spirit, the, 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 all of that. And when I met him, I, I just marked my life. And I was like, Lord, I want to see more of your kingdom advance. And when I say that we're in a season of favor, I want you to hear this. Stop interpreting, because I remember one time the Lord said, I'm going to teach you to believe for more than just your family. I immediately interpreted that God was giving me a raise. Yeah. He didn't give me a raise. He asked me to give everything away. And then I was broke as a joke, believing God for multiplication of gasoline in a pickup truck, praying in tongues every day and eating pie that miraculously multiplied, which was pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie. When your pie keeps multiplying, praise God. Why would I ever go off gluten? Because obviously the Lord is in the business of multiplying it. No, I do the gluten free from time to time too. I try and, you know, balance in life all about building up for the holidays so you can just go straight off the ledge and still enjoy life. Amen. (laughs) But I don't want you to interpret favor as just an increase. Yes. If you are a child of God and you work at a business, if you walk in righteousness you will be elevated. Billy Graham was not a posterity preacher. Would you agree with that? Yet he was born a poor dairy farmer's son in North Carolina, went to Bible college, was told by the dean of the Bible college, drop out because you will never have a ministry. said, because you're not a good preacher, the most you could ever have is a ministry traveling around to other dairy farmers and struggle your whole life so he was he decided to leave North Carolina's Bible college and he came to Temple Terrace in Tampa where he graduated and became a pastor at a young age and then the Lord elevated him to nations leaders when America wanted to negotiate the disarmament of nuclear weapons in Korea or uh, yeah Korea they sent in Billy Graham as an Amer- as an ambassador of the United States of America because he already had access as a gospel preacher and he actually negotiated on behalf of the U.S. the surrender of nuclear weapons, a preacher of the gospel. He died a millionaire, multimillionaire, his old family set up. Now he didn't pursue that, did he? What did he pursue? He pursued building the kingdom of God and walking in righteousness. He is known for his his ministry when it exploded in, in, in California. They wrote the Modesto Manifesto, where they said, look, if the Lord is going to use us, we will not bring reproach upon his name. So they wrote down a manifesto saying, from this day forward, us men, all of us men in the ministry, will never be found alone with a woman in any room whatsoever, including an elevator. If a woman came in an elevator and we were the only ones, we would walk off the elevator. They made that manifesto. And they took an oath, the men. And they lived it. And what happened? You never heard of anything Billy Graham did in any capacity. And he became a spiritual advisor to four different presidents, I believe, because God elevated him. Why did God elevate him? Because God's kingdom was in him. So why will you be elevated at at work? Because you go in there and you trounce people? No, because you walk with the character of God. And someone says, Well, what if I go to work and I'm like, they are dead set against me, trying to destroy me because of the favor of God? Then, if you get taken out of there, guess what? Another door will open and that door will be a blessing from God. Amen. Amen. Who believes that? Amen. What I'm talking about today is the kingdom principle of the goodness of God and the fact that if you make a priority in your life to build that kingdom, then everything in this kingdom of this world that you would have devoted your attention to build will be given to you from God because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Favor is simply being as someone who's going to have favor at work. The person that shows up on time without bloodshot eyes, not hung over, didn't take a lunch break to smoke a doobie. It's medicinal. You're actually sober. You're actually coherent. You actually have vision. You actually care. You carry responsibility. You take care of other people's property as though it's your property because it's a kingdom principle. Amen. If you're going to let me borrow it, I'm going to return it to you better than I found it in Jesus' name. That's your goal. You do that not because you're trying to twist God's arm to give you something, are you? No. You're doing it because He's so good and that goodness is in you and that nature bubbles up from you. That even times you want to be lazy, you're like, no. I represent Christ. I'm going to gird up myself one more time and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give more because I know that they're looking at me and they're thinking of Christ. Come on. Am I talking to anybody's language right here? I want you to get this in your DNA because I feel it's important for the church to recognize the devil is trying to convince a generation that God is more interested in breaking your back than in blessing you because they want to focus on the blessing. It's never been about just the stuff. It's been about the reason why we have this stuff. It's because our heart is fully His. Right. And if your heart's fully His, he can, you, he, he can give you anything. And that's what He says. You can ask anything of me. If my words abide in you and I abide in you, you can ask anything you want and I will give it to you. What He's saying? He's saying if, you, if I abide. Who's the word? Jesus, if I'm in you and I live through you, and my words flow out of you. And you share me everywhere you go. You can ask anything from me and I'll give it to you. Come on, guys. That's blessing. That's blessing. Blessing is not a paycheck. Come on. Blessing is not a good investment. Blessing is, not, it's not, it, blessing is that the eyes of the Lord have settled on my household. And I can trust in that goodness every day. That even if His Spirit withholds me from something that seems good, I can trust that He's actually protecting me. That even if hell tries to deluge me with war and attack, it will turn around in Jesus' name because that's the goodness of God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 says, It shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Now, as I read this, I want you to grab this in the sense of, I talked during the outpouring of one of the key components of walking in the favor of God is recognizing that God integrates people's lives together. That callings are woven together. Even your spouse, you should believe that God made your spouse to help fulfill the call of God on your life. Amen. Who believes that? That's the, the, he, he made that woman, that man, to compliment, to build, to rebuke you when you need rebuked, to speak into you when you need you spoke into, and to be your shield bearer along the way, your helpmate. Thank God for a good spouse. Amen. Where's all my Proverb 31 ladies go? Hoo, hoo. That's right. Come on. Men, you got to take them out for a steak dinner, or if they're vegetarians, take yourself out For a steak dinner and then a potato. (laughs) But let them know I'm only eating the steak because I wanted you to have that potato. (laughs) That Proverbs 31 actually ends with: may her reward along those lines, may she be rewarded according to her goodness. And so, as I read Deuteronomy 28, I'm gonna go through this, but I want you to recognize. A lot of people do this mistake, too, currently, is they're like, we don't need to belong to something that God is doing. God establishes a people. He established a nation, called Abraham to raise up a nation that he would bless. And when he speaks this, he's speaking to a nation of people. He's not saying one person is going to carry all of this and possess it all. God always divvies it out to the body. We're all a part of that body. Who's a part of the body of Christ in this hour? Thank God for that. And a lot of people are like trying to figure out what body part they are. Who cares? It's obvious I'm the mouth. That's all I know. That's what I got. Big old flapping mouth. Some person's like, I'm the rear end. I feel like I'm always the one people rest on. I'm just so tired, Pastor Jeff. Here I am being the rear end again. an important part of your body though who in here is thankful for a dairy it's getting it's getting real up in here today so he's speaking to a group of people he says i will i will set you high above all the nations of the earth this is important because what have we been talking about and pastor joe's been teaching it's the kingdom of god The kingdom of God is meant to take over the kingdoms of this world. And this is meant to happen before Christ comes back. So there is a mandate from God for the kingdom of heaven to take over the kingdoms of men. Those kingdoms are kingdoms of government, commerce, business, entertainment, education. All the things that men exalt and build within themselves their own kingdoms. God is saying let my kingdom be set on high above all of those kingdoms. Come on, somebody. So when I'm talking about this, I'm saying those of you that have churned with that, there's, there's more. There's more, God. And then you can't shake it, God. I, I'm, I'm very grateful for where I'm at. But if there is more that I, you desire for me to do for your kingdom, Lord, I just want you to know I am available for that. Amen. I'll do it. I'll be willing. I'll look crazy for you. I'll shout loud for you. I'll, abu- I'll endure abuse for you. You endured way more for me, God. So you let the world do their best, but my eyes are fixed on one, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to build his kingdom as long as there's breath in my lungs and blood flowing through my veins. Amen. And you make that commitment, he says, all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Shout overtake. overtake. Once again, you're not going after these things. When you read this, you're not saying, this is what I'm supposed to, to go after. This is what's supposed to go after you. And it will. It will. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, you will be blessed in the city. City, Shout city. city. What is that talking about? That's talking about really in the city is in the realms of commerce, trade, economics, government. All of those things exist within the city. It's the hierarchy of men. It's the government of men. It's the commerce. It's the trade realm. God is saying, I will bless you in that kingdom. Are you with me right now? That when you go into the kingdom of men in the area of government leadership, God says, I will bless you in that if you will diligently obey my voice. Come on, somebody. That's a call. When you read the blessing, the blessing is a call. People are like, what am I called to do? You'll see the call when you see the blessing. Because that tells you, that's where I'm being, I'm like an arrow in the bow of God. And he will point me where he desires to point me. And when he sends me loose, I will come with the weight of heaven behind me. I will see the glory of God in my generation. And any territory you put me forward, God, I declare it shall be yours in Jesus' name. You'll be blessed in the city, man. Come on, somebody. You should rise every day, driving into the city. And Claremont doesn't have much of a city, but you know what I'm saying. Find whatever city center there is just so you can stand there and say, I'm blessed. Amen. And then it says you're blessed in the country or in the field. Well, that's outside of that realm. That's the realm of in your, in your livestock and you're In the building of something outside of the, the, the kingdoms of men. It's blessed whatever you do. In the place that God gives you, you will be blessed. Blessed in the country, blessed, blessed shall be the fruit of your body. That's your children. So just every time you look at your kid, just declare him you are blessed of the Lord. You are blessed of the Lord. Yep. I had a revelation about that because I pray over my kids every night. I do. They won't go to bed unless dad prays for them. And I don't know why it's always dad. It's got to be dad. Dad's prayers are what stick. And everybody else's prayers are lame. <laughs> at nighttime, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, I'm like dog dog tired. No 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 go to bed, dad. Let me brush my teeth. I'm going to get to bed. You got to pray for me. It's true. They will not sleep until dad prays. And then I pray and then they're like, "Okay, all right. Thank you." But I had a revelation because I always declare specific things. I do. It flows from my spirit. I tell them, Lord, I thank you that all of their days will be health and wealth, joy and peace, wisdom beyond their years. That they will know your voice and they will follow your voice all of their days. Father, that that your presence would be with them everywhere they go. And And then I'll just flow from there. But then I got a revelation about two, three years ago of just the terminology. And Father, I bless them in Jesus' name. I had a revelation I was like my god the blessing of God covers everything you could ever try and think to declare over their life I bless them with the blessing of God be upon their life that means what Deuteronomy says they will be blessed in the city they will be blessed in the field that when I bless them in the name of the Lord I'm already blessing the children that they will produce and those says, it's a thousand generations being spoken out of the mouth of one born-again believer. Saying, Father, I've given you my life. And so the lineage that comes from me will serve the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. I bless them. I bless them, God. They will know your voice. They will walk in your uprightness. Your presence will be about them as a wall of fire. And no wicked thing that rises against them shall prosper in any manner. That's the voice of the Lord coming from you. They are blessed. Bless the produce of your ground and the increase of your herd. Some of you need to go out and get some chickens. Get some cows. Amen. Speaking of cows, yesterday, Tennessee's playing Alabama. Someone sent me in the mail a a three-and-a-half-pound Wagyu tomahawk steak. I slow cooked that thing for an hour and 10 minutes. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Bro, you just savored every bite. Your body would just. (laughs) What am I eating right now? Thank you. Jesus. that's favor. Amen. Amen. And then arrived just in time for the Tennessee Alabama. Interesting. (laughs) You will increase your herds, your cattle, and your offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl, your food supply. We'll be blessed. Blessed will you be when you come in, and blessed will you be when you go out. Think about that. When you come into a room, when you go out of a room. When you come into an investment, when you come out of that investment. When you go into a job, when you come out of that job. Every transition of your life, you'll be blessed going into it and blessed coming out of it. Are you with me right now? Man, I tell you, I'm going through a move. My company's shutting down. You will be blessed in the coming out of that thing. That God has already known everything that would come, and there will be a blessing on your household. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. That's the blessing of God. And then it says, He will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. Now, this is what I wanted to get to today because I realize as I've listened to people for the last few weeks talk to me that recognizing, recognizing this, that the devil is absolutely attacking. The character of God in a generation to convince them or persuade them to not expect good things from God. That there is a real enemy out there. That enemy is a liar. Are you with me right now? He's a liar from Liarville. And every word that comes from his mouth is a lie. And Jesus said of the religious people that stood against him that were angry he would heal on the Sabbath day. How dare you do this? All of these things. He called them of their father the devil. Said, you're of your father the devil. There is a real enemy of the church. Amen. And God says, I will cost those enemies that come at you one way to flee from you seven ways. Shout seven ways. Amen. I don't know about you, but we call that a butt whooping in Tennessee. Is that okay to say that this morning? Eight people got offended and will leave, and I can already see the Google reviews. He said but in the service. Twice, actually, haven't I? Well, I used rear end the first time. Seems like he's just obsessed with people's rear end. <laughs> Can't say anything publicly in America anymore. He will be lacerated. <laughs> but the the Bible says that the enemies, there are enemies of the church. There are people that have just as you have desi- decided to follow Jesus. There have people there are people that have decided And been hell-bent to destroy the church they'll be they'll put out videos they'll mock people they'll attack people they'll do everything they can to stop the move of the Spirit but guess what those that rise up against you one way will flee from you seven ways God will deal with the enemies of the church keep your love tank full don't let all the opposition get you bitter who cares You can bark all day long. My eyes are on Jesus. Come on, I'm going after the Lord. And he will deal with those that rise up against the church in this hour. And once again, this is a mandate for the church. Shout church. church. Not the River Claremont church. We're talking the church around the nations of the world are meant to so believe this That we are called to build the kingdom of God in the kingdoms of this world. We are meant to take territory, which means as a child of God moving into something, I should expect God's hand of favor to be upon my life because I have positioned myself to do what he has told me to do. Which means if anybody gets a promotion, I'll get a promotion in Jesus' name. Which means if anybody's business takes off when I start one, it will be mine in Jesus' name. I will be blessed in the city and I will be blessed in the field. I will be blessed in my coming in and I'll be blessed in my going out. The blessings of God will overtake me and surround me and multiply upon my life. If you believe that, shout it's true. Stir within your spirit, man. God is a good, good God. And He has a plan. But it comes back to the cry, and I'm closing with this. The more in your heart. That's what, that's what moves God. Provision doesn't move God. If you had a billion dollars in your bank account, and I came and gave you a gift of $1,000, which is a lot for me, you're not moved by my $1,000. It does not impress you. What would impress a billionaire is a person that came and spoke into them more about their character. You with me? So God is not impressed with provision. What God is impressed with is a heart that's just so in tune with God to believe for bigger and say, God, I may have been a little Tennessee boy, but the nations need to hear the message of the resurrection power of God. And so, Lord, if you would give me access, if you would send me forth, if you would give me opportunity, I will boldly preach the gospel. Amen. And I will not back off. Amen. And that more, think about it, the nations, those, some of you in here are missionaries. You've got to, you, 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 are you going to go into that nation believing, man, I hope I get one, two people? Are you going in with a desire of God? Father, would you pour through my life to establish something in that nation that would literally immerse the the education realm, the business realm? Father, put an anointing upon my life to take kingdoms in that nation. Come on. Am Am I talking to anybody in here right now? Or do we all just think too small? Is that it? That it's like, man, Lord, if I could get one person saved this year. You can get a lot more than one person saved this year. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, if the church woke up to the reality of the kingdom of God in this hour, we would see Jesus return within years. We would take the ground. Are you kidding me? But if, if in the absence of someone stepping up to carry what we're supposed to carry, that gives the enemy plenty of time to just build his own kingdom instead. Right? So that's where you got that more. I want to see more souls saved than man. You stay on fire. You keep knocking on doors. You want to see more, the kingdom of God advance in this hour and God's positioned you in business. Let that be your mandate. If you keep your eyes on that, guess what? God will elevate and prosper and bless you because there's a purpose attached to it. Shout purpose. purpose. And let me tell you, purpose is the most precious thing you will ever discover in your life. There are people that literally are still living. They're 50 years old and still the highlight of their life is when they were the star quarterback in high school. There's no purpose in their life right now. So everything is behind them and nothing ahead of them. So child of God, forget the things which once were. Forget yesterday's successes and failures. Today is a new day. And there is still that desire, if you stir up that spirit within you, like Paul wrote to Timothy, stir up that gift of God in you, that desire within you to do something for God, and everybody has that desire, and that's a holy desire. When we talk about favor, we're talking about, Father, anoint the kingdom of God on earth to overtake the kingdoms of man. Will we always have to complain about the politics or will the day come that once and for all, we will see the hand of God establish righteous people, uncover wicked things and give the world one final shot to make a decision, either serve God or turn your back on him forever. Did it in the Old Testament, choose you this day. If you read Deuteronomy 30, 28, all the blessings, then you read the curses. Oh my gosh. You do not want to position yourself against God. Right. no thank you bro there's boils attached to places you don't even want to talk about publicly (laughs) scripturally like I don't want to boil anywhere much less where it's talking about (laughs) that doesn't sound delightful but then Deuteronomy 30 see the Lord says see today I set before you these, these things it's blessing and cursing it's life and it's death Therefore, choose which one you desire. Favor is a choice. Grace is a choice. Salvation is a choice. Deliverance is a choice. And you make that decision every day of your life to say, Father, once more, no matter what people say about me, no matter what is thrown from the mouth of the enemy, no matter what delusion is presented to this world, I know who I am in Christ. I know that you've saved me. Your word is truth, and I will follow it all the days of my life. And God, once more, if you would anoint me once, one more time, like Samson sometimes, one more time, God, if you would pour out in my life, I will accomplish what you've told me to do. That's a heavenly desire, and, and every person under the sound of my voice, I pray you have that desire and stir that desire. You were put on this earth to do something for God, and that doesn't mean full-time ministry. It means business. It means you're a teacher. It means you're thriving in an area that is affecting everyday life. You are implanted in the kingdoms of men to bring the kingdom of God. If you believe it, shout amen today. Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.